Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna 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 Hare Oh 
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Jaya Radha Balaba Radha Balaba Radhe Jaya Jagana Jaya Jagana Jaya Baladeva Jaya Suhajan Jaya Goranitai, Goranitai, Jaya Goranitai, Jaya Goranitai. Jaya Jaya Prabhupada, 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 Jaya Prabhupada. Jaya Jaya Prabhupada, 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 Srila Prabhupada. Go Premanani Hayabol, Jaya Om Vishnu Pad, Paramahansa for the project, Acharya Asaturasa Sri Srimad, Iskan BBT founder, Acharya Zavine Grace, AC Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Prabhupada Ki Jaya. Nitya Lila Prabhupada, Om Vishupad, Vangari Shila Bhakti, Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada Ki Jai. Ananta Koti Vaishyavarinda Ki Jai. Nam Ancharja Shila Haridas Thakur Ki Jai. Premsika Hosh Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Dittan and Nishyadwai Tukadat Harshwasadi Gorbakta Vinda Ki Jai. Shri Shri Radha Krishna Gopagopana Shamakunda. Radha Kunda Girgovadan Ki Jai. Shri Bajramubindamadam Ki Jai. Shri Nabadit Mahipuridam Ki Jai. Shila Chal Jagannath Puridam Ki Jai. Ganga Mai Ki Jai, Jamuna Mai Ki Jai, Bhakti Devi Ki Jai, Shimati Tulsi Maharani Ki Jai, their most beautiful Lordship, Shri Shri Radha Balav Ki Jai, Shri Shri Jagannath Baladevi Subhadra Ki Jai, Shri Shri Gornitai Ki Jai, Samabhita Bhakti Binda Ki Jai, Going Back to Home, Back to Godhead Ki Jai, Iskand Melbourne Yatra Ki Jai, Brihad Madanga Transcendental Book Distribution Ki Jai, International Food for Life Transcendental Prasadam Distribution Ki Jai, Shri Hari Nam Sankirtan Ki Jai, Nittai Gaur Primanandi, Hari Hari Bo. All glories to the Sam devotees, all glories to the Sam devotees, all glories to the Sam devotees, all glories, all glories to Shishi Guru and Goranga, glory Shila Prabhupada. Narayanam Namaskritya, Naram Chaiva Narotamam. Deving Saraswatim Vyasam Before reciting the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is our very means of conquest, let us offer respectful obeisance on the personality of God and Lord Narayan, unto Narayan Rishi, the supermost human being, unto Mother Saraswati, the goddess of learning, unto Srila Vyasadeva, the author, and unto Srila Prabhupada, who is the translator, commentator, and our spiritual master. Nashta Praeshu Abhadreshu Nashta Praeshu 
नित्यम भागवत सेवया भागवत उत्तम श्लोके भक्ति भगवती नाइस्टी by regularly attending the Srimad Bhagavatam class and by rendering service unto the pure devotee, all that is troublesome to the heart is almost completely destroyed. And loving devotional service unto the personality of Godhead, whose worship with transcendental songs becomes established as an irrevocable fact. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Well, one of the there's a nice verse in the tenth canto that explains the difficulties we are in in Kali Yuga. Says Tatas Chanudinam Dharma Satyam Sosham Samadhya Kali Na Balina Rajan Nangshatyahur Balam Smritihi. Says these things. Deteriorate in the age of Kali. So, tatas cha anudinam. These things go down day by day in Kali Yuga. So, the first thing is dharma, which is translated loosely as religion, but we know it means your eternal occupation, your occupational duty. Tatas cha anudinam dharma satyam. What does satyam mean? Truthfulness. Socham. Cleanliness. Shama. Well, yes. So, Tathachajuna, Satyam Sojam Shaman, Daya, Mercy. Kalena Balina Rajan. This is happening due to the strength, the powerful grip that Kali Yuga has. And then, Kalena Balina, Nangshati, Nangshati means going down. Balam, bodily strength, Smriti, remembrance. So, the reason I thought of that verse is because I forgot to bring my reading glasses so I can't see anything. Anybody have, happen to have a plus two readers with them that I can <laughs> borrow for the class? Okay. No, it's going to take too long. It's all right. I'll just have to bring it really close to my face and squint. Let's see if we can do this. So we're continuing our reading from the seventh canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, chapter 11, The Perfect Society and Four Social Orders, and today's text is 31. Yeah, I can't see it. Nobody has reading glasses? Am I the only one that <laughs> needs reading glasses here? Even a plus 1.75 would do the job. All right, I guess you have to get them, yeah, because I need to read this. So in the meantime, I'll just speak a little bit. Oh, you have? Okay. It uh, should be on the desk right next to my computer. <clears throat> so since we're waiting for my glasses, just a little background. I joined this wonderful, great International Society for Krishna Consciousness in 1973 in New York. How many of you have been to New York? A few hands, okay. So you know, it's a big, noisy city. So I'm walking down the street, I just finished. Yeah, please turn off or put all phones into silent mode. I have to make sure mine is in silent mode. So <laughs> I practice what I preach. So I was studying civil engineering, I just finished this is spring 1973, just finished my third year. So I'm walking along the street where my campus is, J Street, and I see a brahmachari, like our brahmacharis here, bright saffron cloth, sitting at a book table. So my first thought was, this young man is very brave to walk around New York dressed like this, because the Hare Krishnas were not well known at that time. Then 
Thank you, Prabhu. So I approached the table. I was curious, and we chatted. And I got just one little pamphlet called Krishna, the Reservoir of Pleasure. Do you have that pamphlet in your stock? Yeah. So that's what brought me to Krishna consciousness. That personality was, he hadn't even been initiated yet. I just discovered that recently. I thought he had already been initiated. That was Dev Amrita Das Brahmachari. Now he's Dev Amrita Das Swami. Many of you know him. He comes here sometimes, right? So yes, I got this one pamphlet from this bhakta. <laughs> this is how powerful Prabhupada's writing is. Just one little pamphlet can change everybody's life. So that's why Prabhupada stresses distribute book, distribute book, distribute book. Because one, I can tell you so many stories of lives transformed, but my own life was transformed, one little pamphlet. So I went, started going to the temple about a month or so later. And uh, that, that's the uh, uh, third temple that the property had established in New York. First, there was 26 Second Avenue, then 62 Second Avenue. Then they moved into Brooklyn, to uh, Henry Street, famous Henry Street temple. If you go through Prophet's Lilamrita or Back to God, you see so many pictures from that era, from that temple. So I was attracted by the philosophy. I didn't know anything about chanting or prasadam or anything until I started actually going to the temple. All right, so let us uh, recite the verse and then we can try to speak some words. All right, so everybody can see. Prayaha. Prayaha. Sabhava. Vihito, Nrinang, Dharmo, Yuge, Yuge, Vedadrigbihi, Smrito, Rajan, Pritya, Cheha, Cha, Sharmakrit, Prayak Sabhava Vihito, Narang Dharmo Yuge Yuge Veda Drik Bixpato Rajan Pratya Cheha Chasharma Krit Prayak Sabhava Vihito Narang Dharmo Yuge Yuge Veda Drik Bixpato Rajan Pratya Chehacha Sharma Krit Prayak Sabhava Vihito Narinang Tarmo Yuge Yuge Veda Drik Bixpato Rajan Pratya Chehacha Sharma Krit Please chat.
Any of the other young ladies want to try? Yes, you should do this. Chanting Sanskrit is very good for your brain. You'll become top student, A student, if you recite Sanskrit verses every day, especially Bhagavad Gita. Yes, one of the other young ladies, try. No? What is your name? Chaitanya. It's a great soul, great devotee. Chanted eight rounds already this morning before greeting. Plays Madanga, knows all the... So, you, you chant. Very good, very good, Chaitanya. Synonyms, prayaha, generally, sabhava bihitaha, prescribed. According to one's material modes of nature. Renang of human society. Dharmaha, the occupational duty. Yuge, yuge, in every age. By Brahmanas well conversant in the Vedic knowledge. Spritaha. Recognized. Rajan. O King. Pratya. After death. Ch. And. Iha. Here. In this body. Ch. Also. Sharmakrit. Auspicious. So, Srila Prabhupada's translation for this verse. My dear King, Brahmanas well conversant in Vedic knowledge have given their verdict that in every age, yuga, the conduct of different sections of people according to their material modes of nature is auspicious both in this life and after death. Please repeat, my dear king, Brahmanas well conversant in Vedic knowledge have given their verdict that in every age, yuga, the conduct of different sections of people, according to their material modes of nature, is auspicious, both in this life and after death. Shri Prabhupada's purport, fairly condensed purport today. In Bhagavad Gita, chapter 3, text 35, it is said, Shreyan Sudharma Viguna Paradharmat Sanushtitat which means it is, it is far better to discharge one's prescribed duties even though they may be faulty than another's duties. Continuing the purport, the antyajas, the men of lower classes, are accustomed to stealing, drinking, and illicit sex, but that is not considered sinful. For example, 
If a tiger kills a man, this is not sinful. But if a man kills another man, this is considered sinful, and the killer is hanged. What is a daily affair among the animals is a sinful act in human society. Thus, according to the symptoms of higher and lower sections of society, there are different varieties of occupational duties. According to the experts in Vedic knowledge, these duties are prescribed in terms of the age concerned. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Shivati Bhaktivedanta Swamini Tanamini Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Paschachade Shatarine Om Ajnana Timarandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshur Unmilitam Jaina Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Bishtang Shapitang Jaina Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamayam Dadati Swapadantikam Pandeya Hang Shri Guru Shri Utapada Kamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavangscha Shri Rupam Sagajatam Sahagana Raganatan Bitam Tang Sajivam Shadvaitam Savadutam Parjana Saitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Vishibisha Kanbutangsha He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dinabandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namosate Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Vrindabhaneshwari Vrishavanu Sute Devi Pranamami Haripriya Vansha Kopaturubhya Shah Kripa Sindhubhya Evicha Patitanang Pabhadebhyo Vaishyavebhyo Namo Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhuditananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shri Vasari Gorbhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So it's not by accident that Shishi Gornitai is standing in this particular form. This indicates that they're dancing. So when we come before the deities, we should chant, we should dance. And then when we get a little tired, we can take prasadam. And depending on the time of day, there may be some pravachan, some discussion from the scriptures like we're doing now. So Prabhupada said, this is a very, very simple process, but don't think it doesn't work. Lord Chaitanya inaugurated this process himself 500 plus years ago and it continues to be effective today. Chant, dance, take prasadam and hear a little philosophy, especially reading Bhagavad Gita. As I mentioned, it wasn't just a off the top of my head statement. Studies have been done that children who regularly recite the Bhagavad Gita, their intellect, their IQ goes up. So even if you're not so keen on your son becoming an Iskan Brahmachari, I don't know why you wouldn't be. <laughs> Still, they should recite Bhagavad Gita daily, as far as possible. In 1995, I was still a Brahmachari at that time. I went to Moscow. Myself and a devotee actually from here in Australia, Priyaratadas. He was um, one of the leaders in the Food for Life movement. So anyway, we were both living in the Potomac Temple. Some people call it the Washington, D.C. Temple, but there's no temple really in Washington, D.C. It's Potomac, Maryland. It's about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on traffic. So anyway, so we flew from Washington, D.C. to Moscow. And in Moscow at that time, Moscow Begavayo, they call it, they had a Guru Kulan from age five up to 15. And so one of the teachers there, after I gave class one morning, he said, would you like to meet our seven-year-old children? 
and have them recite shlokas for you. So, of course, sure. So we, students assembled in the classroom, and <laughs> Hare Krishna. What age? What is the age? Two-year-old, okay, Hare Krishna. Not quite into Gita yet. <laughs> so the seven-year-olds, they decided to recite for me first chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, which is not so easy to memorize. It's just a lot of names. Dharmakshetra, Kurukshetra, Samabeta Yusutsava, Ramaka, Pandavakshtraiva, Kimmakorvata Sanjaya, yes. And then just reciting so many names of the soldiers on both sides. But they had it memorized. So, yes, if you have children, and of course many of you here do have children, have them not just learn the ABCs and reading, writing, and arithmetic, as we say, but have them study the Bhagavad Gita. And you'd be surprised. That is the age where they're like sponges. They absorb. And whatever you absorb in your formative years never goes away. Even if it seems it becomes covered over. I'll give you an example. One of my god brothers, also a disciple of Srila Prabhupada, he had a son who was raised in Iskand Gurukula. And then when he became a teenager, they didn't have high school in Iskand at the time, so he went off to regular schools. And by the time he graduated, went to college, he had completely turned into a, what we call Anandavodi Akarmi. He didn't want to hear anything about Krishna or like that. After college, he joined the US Army. And he was sent to the first Gulf War. There were two Gulf Wars where the United States sent army to Iraq. So the first Gulf War he was sent. And his service in the army was reconnaissance. They call it recon for short. So uh, this ex-Gurukuli and his mate, and two of them were in a, a Humvee, and they were out at night, dark night. They're riding over the sands in the desert, trying to find out what the enemy is up to. So riding dark night, no light, they're riding, they both fall asleep. <laughs> so they wake up to the sound of bombs going off. They don't know if it's friendly fire going that way or it's enemy fire coming this way. And the boy, the boy tells a story. He, to his own surprise, he yelled out, Krishna, save me. <laughs> So those formative years, they never leave you. His mate, the other soldier, was completely shocked. He had no idea this guy had anything to do with Hare Krishna. <laughs> he had developed all bad habits. Don't have to go into details. So when he came back, he fortunately survived the war, came home, picked up the beads again, put on the neck beads, became a full-on devotee. Hare Krishna. So. As we know, the prime duty of the parents is not just to get the kids educated and get them married. And No, your prime duty is to Namo chayet yak Pita nasasyat Guru nasasyat Don't become a guru, don't become a father, don't become a mother, don't become any kind of leader. Don't even become a relative. How can you avoid that? Everybody's somebody's relative. Can't be avoided. But it's stated, Don't take on any such roles if you can't deliver your dependence from samsara, birth and death. 
So there's a statement Prophet makes in this purport that requires some discussion, some explanation. Prophet says, the Antijas, the men of the lower classes, are accustomed to stealing, drinking, and illicit sex, but that is not considered sinful. So that doesn't seem congruous with what we've learned. But what Prophet is saying here is that they don't consider it sinful. It's not considered sinful amongst themselves. <laughs> but that doesn't mean somebody who was born in a higher situation or is attained at a higher level shouldn't have that same attitude. That look at the antigens. They're drinking, smoking, having illicit sex. Why can't we? No. According to your situation, you have to act accordingly. We have so much evidence from the scriptures that everyone is culpable everyone is held culpable for their sinful activities just like the story of <clears throat> Nar Muni's disciple uh, what's his name the one who was killing animals Magaya. yeah so he was obviously born in a very low situation his father was a hunter because when Nar Muni was going through the forest he saw so many half-dead animals flopping around. They're not completely dead. Arrows stuck with arrows, but they haven't died flopping around. So he finally traced out who's doing this, and he met this Mrigari. This name Mriga Ari, two words. Mriga means animal, and Ari means enemy. So he was literally trained to be the enemy of animals. So Narmui said, are you responsible? He says, yes. He said, why don't you kill them completely? Why do you leave them suffering like that? He said, well, that's how my father trained me. We get pleasure watching the animals die like this. So Nari Muni preached to him and he became Nari Muni's disciple. But it is stated that the one reason why he actually accepted Narada's philosophy and became his disciple is because Narada by his mystic power showed him that all these animals that you killed, they're waiting in subtle form to grab you and torture you when you die. So he could see that. So if, if animal killers are not sinful, then how is that possible? Mergari. So we have example. And in the 10th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, there's a very nice verse that explains karma in a nutshell. It says, Eka prashuyate jantur, eka esha praliyate, ekona bhungte sukritam, eka esha chadushkritam. It says, everybody, every one of us is born alone, dies alone, and alone. We have to suffer or enjoy the results of our good or bad deeds, pious or impious acts. So that applies to everyone in the human form. As Prophet says here, animals are not culpable. If an animal kills a man, the best you can do is go and kill an animal so it doesn't kill other human beings. And that's what the Chachirs were meant to do. One of their Choryam Teja, they're supposed to be powerful. And even up until recently, there were still some kings in South India who would do this on a regular basis. They would go into the forest, kill one tiger, give it a royal procession, bring it back to the village and do some puja, because it's not an act of animosity. It's an act of bravery and protection. Because, you know, some of you, many of you here from India, uh, before the British went to India, there was pro practically one tiger for every square meter. <laughs> so many tigers. But still, the vast majority of the Indian populace, they lived in harmony with these wild animals. Not just tigers, so many other wild animals, dangerous wild animals were there in India, but still people lived pretty natural life in the village and they didn't have to be too fearful. 
But when the British came, they took it as sport to kill these tigers. And you've seen pictures, I'm sure some of you. 10, 12 tigers lined up dead, and the British Raj standing there with his gun, very proud. So when a tiger kills a man, no sinful reaction, but men go out and unnecessarily slaughter so many animals, not just tigers, so many animals. Like I just came from New Zealand, they're a very green country and there's practically a cow or a sheep for every square meter. <laughs> but we know what the end result of most of those animals are, it's not pretty. <clears throat> so there's sinful reactions. So that's why this preaching of Krishna consciousness is so important, because people, they've lost their vision due to the dense darkness of this age of Kali. They can't see the results of their sinful activities. They don't care, and they're like these antijas, they don't care. But one who's born, uh, Prophet explained once, he said, somebody who's in ignorance, they will get reaction, but the person who's in knowledge, if you do something sinful, you get more reaction. Because somebody asked, why is it that in India, it's supposed to be Punya Bhumi, but why did it seem, you know, this was when Prophet was around, so we're talking uh, some time ago in the past, they were, he was asked, why it seems that India suffers more than other countries? They're considered to be poor, third world country, this and that. So Prophet said, because they're coming from a background of knowledge. So the person in knowledge, when they do something wrong, they get more punishment than somebody like these antijas. They're ignorant, so they're having illicit sex, eating meat, whatever. They're ignorant. They will get reaction, just like Mergari, but not as heavy as a Brahmana who falls into that situation. If you're from a medical background, Rabbinical background means actually these four regulative principles that we follow. No meat, no intoxication, no illicit sex, no gambling. That is Rabbinical life. Satyam, Socham, Shama. One's supposed to be knowledgeable of this. <clears throat> and if we're reading this area about the different Barnas and Ashrams, this section, so the, the Brahmana has Six businesses, patan, patan, yajan, yajan, dana, pratigrahan. So, patan, patan, one is supposed to study the Vedic literatures, all sections, and the Vedic literatures do present some activities for those in lower consciousness to do under certain restrictions, like meat eating. You're supposed to only never eat the cow, only the goat or lower animal like that, and only once in a month, dark moon night, offered to Mother Kali, like that. That kind of meat-eating is allowed, not for gratification, but so that the foolish person will wake up one day and realize, this is ghastly, why am I doing this? But this business of regular slaughterhouses, never, that was never condoned in the Vedic literature. And again, those in the higher, taking higher birth, they don't say, well, you know, some people are allowed to eat meat, let me eat, no, never. Prophet said, well, even when he was a child growing up, it was shocking if one um, person in the community, his community, were to be found out to eat meat, they would go to some hotel and surreptitiously eat meat, and it was a shock for the other members of his community. Nowadays, it's a regular business, because people are dull, literally. Dull. Anyone who's conscious, human being, Knows if I pinch you, you feel pain. If you pinch me, I feel pain. So what to speak of cutting the throat 
of another sentient being. One of the duties that I perform in Los Angeles, New York, is I'm the director of academic outreach. So I speak regularly in high schools, colleges, universities like that. And these are American students. They're you know, mostly breaking all these principles. <laughs> but when you explain meticulously, they get it. They understand. They, they, they start to reason. And that's what we're supposed to do. Go out in the public with proper books and give them to First of all, the more intelligent class. Prophet said once, if we keep expanding unlimitedly amongst the common people, this movement will fall apart. You have to become expert at preaching to the more intelligent sections, like the student community. So that was Prophet's vision, because he said our future leaders will come from that community, from the student class. So anybody who's a little bit thoughtful, so I usually ask the students, I ask them, do any of you have pets? And most hands go up. You know, cat, dog, goldfish, snake, whatever you keep as a pet. So I said, if I was hungry and I came to your door and I knocked on your door and said, I'm starving, can I kill your Doberman and eat it? They would kill me. Rather than kill They're so attached to dog or cat or whatever. But still they think it's okay to kill the cow. So Prabhupada said, this is shocking when he came to the West. The dog is simply eating and passing stool and they, this is my best friend. But the cow... Her stool is valuable. It's antiseptic. Those of you from India know, still people, they take the cow dung and they put it on their walls. They use it when it's dried for fuel. Prophet said his spiritual master, Bhaktisiddhanta, Saraswati Thakur, would only eat chapatis that were made on a fire from cow dung fuel. So important, this cow dung. So a cow is such a valuable animal. So we should not tolerate we should not tolerate. That doesn't mean that we go and protest and, you know, civil disobedience against the slaughter. No, the best way to change people's minds is to distribute prophets' books. Because again, any person who is a little bit awake, a little bit intelligent, they read his books and they get it. They understand that every species of life has a right to live natural life and die a natural death. And there are, any of our children, how many species of life in the material world? Material bodies that the soul can inhabit. Any of our children know? 8,400,000. But do you know? Do you know? Can you name the different ones? Very, uh, there's a verse for everything in, this, in the scriptures. Jalaja Navalakshani Stavara Lakshavinkshati Krimayo Ruja Sankhyakya Pakshinam Dashalakshani Pashiva Chatur Lakshani Manasha so, very easy to remember. Jala ja means those who take birth in water. Jal. Those who take birth, ja. Jala ja. Navalakshani. You're all familiar. Alak is 100,000. So, nava, nine, 900,000. Navalakshani. Jala ja, Navalakshani. Stavara. means those living entities are alive, but they can't move. Like trees, plants, creepers. They're fixed. They can't go anywhere. <laughs> and because they can't go anywhere, we abuse them. We go, we chop up a limb here, we do whatever you want. We, uh, meanwhile, they're giving fruits, flowers, leaves. We don't even bother to say, thank you, Haribo. We just take. And then at some point, we decide, you know, I want to expand my house. This tree's in the way. Chop it down. Bring a stump remover, remove the stump. And Papa was not in favor of that. Trees should not be cut unnecessarily. 
even picking flowers for use in DD Seva. Papa said it shouldn't be done after dark. Don't pick flowers after dark. The plants have a right to relax and rest for just like we go to bed at night. So picking flowers should be done in light when the plant is awake. <clears throat> and the plant benefits from giving the flowers. That's what the flowers are meant for, for Krishna Puja. Otherwise, they just stay, they bloom, and then they wither and fall off. So you take a flower from a rose bush or whatever plant offered to the deities, then you benefit and the plant benefits. So, Jalaja, Navalakshani, Stavar, Lakshabhinkati. So, Lakshabhinkati means how many? In 20 times. So, 2 million. Right? Lakshabhinkati. Krimayo, Ruja, Sankhyakya. That means class together the insects and the reptiles, 1.1 million. Pakshinam, Dasha, Lakshanam. So, Dasha is 10. Likes, that's one million. Huh? Then, Pakshinam Dasha. Tringsha Lakshani Pashuva. So, Pashu, ordinary animals like cats, dogs, like that, three million. And then, Chatur Lakshani Manasha. 400,000 human like species. So, every soul in every species of life, as I said, has a right, not I say. This is the Vedic understanding. They have a right to live a natural life and die a natural death. So if you interrupt that cycle for whatever reason, then you're culpable. You're culpable. But unless one has a very, very clear vision of what is the soul, then one will never understand it completely. You'll have some mixed understanding. Like I said, you love dogs, but you don't care if cows are killed. You go out and save the whale, but you know, like that. They don't have an understanding of the soul, that there's a soul in every single living entity. The soul is there. That's the life-giving force. And when that life-giving force leaves, we say the plant has died, or the tree has died, or the human has died, my father has died. So Prabhupada would regularly ask, you say your father has died, but I see that body's lying there. That body you used to call father is still there. And for those who believe in Darwinian evolution, all the chemicals are still there. So just like when your car breaks down, if you don't know how to fix it, you bring the knowledge of a person and they you know, change one cable or whatever and the car starts running again. So if you think a body is just a collection of chemicals, then just bring in an expert chemist to inject the right chemicals and get the body going again. But we all intrinsically know, even before we become self-realized, we intrinsically understand that there is a soul there. That's, that's why we say, my father has gone, even though the body's lying there. Because that living force that we, was the attraction, the same body's there, we're not attracted. <laughs> when the living force is there, whether it's father or significant other or offspring or whatever, if there's no life, there's no more attraction. Bury it, burn it, it becomes an it. Instead of he or she, now we say it. Third classification. We don't say he or she anymore. It. So we burn it, or we bury it, or we leave it for animals to eat. Those are generally three ways we dispose of bodies. So this is the impetus for us to become self-realized. And as we said in the very beginning, 
The process for self-realization is very, very simple. Shishi Gwanitai have come to give us that process. Chant, dance, take prasadam, and hear a little philosophy. Prasada means food stuff that has been offered in sacrifice to the Lord. Now, interestingly, Arjuna is revealing his mind to Krishna. They are between the two armies. He doesn't want to perform his duty as a warrior. Prabhupada said that discourse, that Gita, that song of God, took place in half an hour, 45 minutes maximum. But it's interesting that near the beginning of that discussion, Krishna says this, Yagya Shishya Shinakshante Muchate Sarvakil Bashay Muchate Te Dekambapam Ye Pachantyat Makarnat The devotees of the Lord are relieved from all kinds of sinful reactions because they offer what they eat and sacrifice before they eat. It says, those who eat only for the satisfaction of the tongue verily eat only sin. How could this be important in a war? <laughs> why, would, why would Krishna say something like that? He's talking about offering your food and you're sinful if you don't. It doesn't seem to make sense. You should be talking about, you know, trying to convince him to fight. And it's so important. That's why Krishna said that. It's so important. So those who are on the path of devotion, initiated or non-initiated, it's very, very important to come to this platform of eating only prasadam. Don't eat anything that's not offered. Either you offer yourself or you know the person that you're getting it from, you trust them that it was offered. It is extremely important to eat only prasadam. Because as we say in the West, or you are what you eat. So if you eat boga, you become a bogey. <laughs> if you eat prasadam, you become a bhakta. So we all want to be prasadam bhaktas. Who wants to be a prasadam bhakta? Hare Krishna. So important. Srila Prabhupada personally, when he first started his movement in New York, and if you go to New York, we now have again that 26-second avenue, that first storefront where Prabhupada began his movement. Personally cooked every day. Can you imagine? Our Acharya, Srila Prabhupada. Personally, and he wasn't rich. He didn't have a lot of money. But somehow or other, he bought enough rice, dal, sabji, every day, some atta to make chapatis. And he personally cooked offered and fed 10, 12, 15 young men and a few women who started coming. And these are young men. I joined at 21, and most of us joined at around the, that age at that time. So young, big appetite. I had a huge appetite. I don't even want to tell you how much I used to eat. <laughs> so probably used to feed them, and he would tell them more, more, because he knows when you first start following these principles, your only solace in life is prasadam. So probably just force them, more, take more. And there was one devotee, you can read in the Prophet's Lilamritan, his name was Triadish. He was the biggest appetite. So he would eat two, four, six, eight, ten chapatis, and then Prophet would say, stop. <laughs> <laughs> so those were ISKCON managers. And you have a couple of famous cooks came out of Melbourne here, like Kurma Prabhu. <clears throat> I remember when I was a brahmachari living in Alacha, myself, my godbrother Yamaraj, who for many, many, many decades was the designer, did the design and production for Back to God in magazine. He's now gone. <clears throat> and Jai Dwayta Maharaj, three of us were living together in a trailer on the Alacha property. So Kormer came to visit, and he asked, would you like me to make, uh, you know, Kitri? Of course. 
because our diet was pretty simple during the week, as Prophet instructed during the week. Um, myself and Yamaris would take turn either making kitri or biryani, like that, kitri biryani, yeah, alternate. So when Korma came, of course, we knew his reputation, and he offered to cook, sure. But Korma's kitri and the kitri that we used to make, I would make the biryani and Yamaraj would make the kitri, very simple. But Korma's kitri was anything but simple. <laughs> Frankly, it was not meant for brahmachari consumption. <laughs> Ghee and curd and, oh my God, just so the richest kitchen I've ever had in my life. But of course, we loved it. It was tasty. But. So we have to offer, and please, don't make any exceptions. Some devotees I've seen, especially, not to pick on them, but sometimes the traveling Sankirtan devotees, they take some banana and they just peel it and eat it. And I asked, what are you doing? And is it offered? Oh, no, it's just fruit. I said, hello, haven't you ever heard that verse? Patram, pushram, palam, toyam. Krishna says these four things you should offer. Patra, what is patra? Putram. Patram, putram. Pala, what's pala? Fruit. So Krishna's saying, give me fruit, offer it to me. And if we think it's okay, it's just fruit. No. Why would Krishna say, offer me these four things? Pacham, pusham, palam, Even water, Krishna says, offer to me. Sometimes we think, well, I don't have time to offer. No. Prabhupada said, offering can be as simple as reciting your Guru Maharaj's pranams three times. Who can't do that? No matter where you are. In a car park, wherever you are. You take out a picture of your Guru Maharaj. Nowadays, everybody has a picture on their smartphone, right? I carry around a picture of Lord Nishingadev. But you can have a picture of your Guru Maharaj on your smartphone. You just put it on the dashboard, put the fruit, recite the pranams three times, bus. Prasadam. So don't give yourself the right to eat anything that's not offered. And obviously, offering means it has to be offerable. Because sometimes the bodhis are so lazy, they don't even... Of course, we should try to avoid offering any kind of processed foods. But if you, by circumstance you have to, then read the label. Read the label carefully. Make sure everything in that product is offerable. You'd be surprised how many things are not offerable. And sometimes it's even very obvious. I'll give you an example. <clears throat> One of my god brothers who's also gone, uh, he was a Sankirtan lead in LA at the time. So at the end of the year, like now, marathon is over. They had a big mail for the Sankirtan devotees and a big feast. So he you know, brought in so much nice prasadam and he thought, devotees, they don't eat ice cream very often. I'll get some ice cream. So at the time it was accepted that this Briar's vanilla ice cream was okay. Nothing weird in there. But he mistakenly thought, Maya covered him over for a minute while he was shopping, why well, get regular vanilla? Let me get French vanilla. <laughs> Fortunately, one devotee, one Mataji actually, before he started offering and serving this ice cream, she read the label. French vanilla has eggs in it. <laughs> so this senior devotee, Proper disciple didn't even take the time to read the label carefully to see that there's eggs in this product. So be very careful. Take it seriously. We must offer everything, which means whatever we offer has to be offerable. 
No meat, no fish, no eggs, no onion, no garlic. <clears throat> when I joined, they also said no mushrooms, but nowadays I see some devotees say, well, mushrooms, it's okay. I still avoid them, but whatever. But definitely no meat, no fish, no eggs, no onion, no garlic. This is sattvic, sattvic living. And remember, what time does the class end? Because I can talk for hours, I'll just go on and on. What time does it end? Nine o'clock, really? Okay. We have a generous schedule here. <laughs> In LA, we have to generally wrap it up at 8.30. <clears throat> anyway, so this section, Narmuni speaking about Varna and Ashram, it may seem superfluous. We're Yes, here it's stated, the conduct of different sections of people according to their material modes of nature is auspicious both in this life and after death. But again, as Christian Bhaktas, we may minimize Varnasha. But we shouldn't. In Kali Yuga, it's very, very difficult to establish Varnasha as previously. But, uh, so therefore, Prabhupada didn't stress that, especially in the beginning. But he said also that we should after some time, establish Varnashram colleges, which means some devotees have to be very expert in the activities of each of those Varnas and be able to teach others how to function in that way. It's not essential for going back to home, back to Godhead, to be a pure Brahmana, pure Chatriya, pure Vaisha, like that. Because the spirit soul is by nature above all of, all of these designations. But while we're in the material world, while we're in contaminated consciousness, the natural tendency is there because Krishna designed them. Chaturvana Mayashishtam, Guna Karma Vibhagasya. This was designed by Krishna. So many of us, but Kali Yuga means the age where everybody's born Shudra, Kalo Shudra Sambhava. And without training, one can never advance. So one has to be trained in one of these varnas. And, but we don't stress it, but that doesn't mean it shouldn't be done. Especially, Prophet said, I wanted to create a class of brahmanas because the social body, it's compared to a human body. And we have the head division, the arms division, the belly division, the leg division. So they're all important. They're all important, but relatively speaking, the head is most important. Prabhupada used the example that if you're attacked, you try to pr protect your head first. Because the head is most important. So uh, a social body without a head is just a body flopping around with no direction as we see. Simply speculation. These so-called leaders nowadays, they speculate. They don't take standard knowledge from standard books of knowledge like the Srimad Bhagavatam. And therefore, all of their schemes fall apart not only fall apart, generally speaking, they wind up worse than when they started. And to cover over their administrative mistakes, they incite the people to go to war, like we have now in Europe and elsewhere. I used to go to Ukraine every year. I've been going to there every year since 2015 for the Bhakti Sangama program. They had a Bhakti Sangama festival. 
It started way before that, actually, when they, before Crimea was taken from them illegally. They, they used to have it in Crimea. And at that point, I never went to that when it was there, but I was told that it, they used to have about 8,000 devotees come to that festival in Crimea. After Crimea was taken, then they transferred it first to the Transcarpathia region of Ukraine, which is not far from the city called Lviv, one of the major cities there. So that's when I started going. That was 2015. And at that point, 3,000 devotees were coming to the festival. So I was personally impacted by this invasion of Ukraine, because I've traveled to Russia, to Belarus, to Poland, to Ukraine, all those countries in that area, and there are nice devotees in all those countries. But anyway, to cover up their administrative mistakes, this is one of the things that they do. They convince the citizens that these people are your enemies. All your problems are their fault. The immigrants or the Ukrainians, or they find some group to blame everything on. You're not happy, prices are going through the roof, you can't afford to buy a house, it's their fault. So let us get rid of them. But war is not meant for that. War is meant to be fought for religious principles, like Krishna induced Arjuna to fight on religious principles, not just whimsically. So we should take shelter of this Vedic knowledge. Prophet has made it available for us. If we just become conversant in the books that Prophet gave us, beginning with Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, Nectar of Devotion, Shaitanya Charitamrita, if we just learn these, Sri Yishapanishad, just learn these books that Prophet has left for us, we can live our lives in a very meaningful, productive, and happy way. Because and this process is meant to be happily engaged in. Prabhupada said once, if you're if you've taken to the path of bhakti and you're not happy, you're morose, something is wrong with the way you're executing your bhakti. It's not the fault of the process. The process of bhakti is spotless. And it's not your Guru Maharaj's fault or the government's fault, it's your fault. So we have to practice. But we should understand that coming out of ignorance takes time. So when we're going through the clearing stage, we're going to feel some growing pains and doubts may creep in. But don't allow doubts to overcome you. Whenever you become doubtful about anything that you've heard in the scripture or from, from some teacher or preacher or something happens in your life, find a senior person whose recommendation you will accept and then go and discuss. Don't bother everybody with your problems. That will not solve anything. Sometimes we feel some relief by doing that. I have a problem and I go in and tell every, as we used to say in English, Tom, Dick, and Harry. Or we say every Bhakta Burpee or Bhakti Nkir. No, don't go around and dump your problems on everybody and then, ah, I feel better. No, that's not what Guyam Akitapritchati means. Part of the six loving exchanges is to reveal your mind confidentially and hear confidentially from others. But it doesn't mean dumping your problems on everybody. You should only reveal to those whose recommendation you will accept, which means obviously some senior authority, somebody who's had some experience. You go there and you reveal and be willing to accept their advice. If you're knowing in advance that you won't accept the person's advice, don't bother them. <laughs> 
then it's just a botheration. I heard Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj in a class once, he said, it's just like taking your garbage and dumping it on your neighbor's lawn. You feel good now, the garbage is gone, but you've dumped it on somebody else's lawn. So don't do that. Don't dump your problems on others. Take your problems to your Guru Maharaj or some senior entity person whose advice you will take. Okay? Anyway, like I said, I can speak for hours. Let's stop here and see if there are any questions. Uh, anybody has a question? Yes, Prabhu. Hare Krishna Prabhu, thank Hare you Krishna. very much for your wonderful class Hare and explicit explanations, especially highlighting Prabhupada's directions. Mm. I'll tell you, my wife is very particular about reading the ingredients of the things <laughs> and I have been chastised many times because I didn't read. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is very important what yes. we offer to Krishna and yes. with love and sincerity, yes. this is the most important word we are sensing. And uh, Prabhupada has made everything so easy. If we can't remember, at least if you know A, B, C, D, E. A means association, what you are highlighting. B means reading the books. By reading the books, our ignorance is destroyed. Mm -hmm. And we can think, discriminate things, what is good, what is bad. Mm -hmm. uh, I was hearing about your lecture details, how we have to avoid the four, you know, Pillars of sinful life. Sincerely, yeah. Yeah, or follow four mm -hmm. regulatory principles. Mm -hmm. uh, very important. And uh, so, B books, C chanting. So, as I hear in so many lectures, to itna jab kar le ki yamraj bhi tera khata rad kar de. Do so much chanting, so much chanting that yamraj is also able to cancel all your sins, previous sins of so many lives. It can be even hundred lives. So, as Bhishmatama, we in the example, Bhishmatama was lying on the bed of arrows at the end of the life. So, because he had pierced some small animal, and after hundred lives, he had to suffer that. Mm. Although he was a pure devotee, and Krishna came at the end to give him darshan. And uh, he told that he was fighting against uh, dharma, and Still, he was pleasing Krishna. Yes. So this is very the Hare Krishna mantra is so powerful, so powerful. that even once <laughs> in that uh, Ajami Lila, sixth canto, first chapter, you'll find a nice verse. It says, Agyanad, Attavagyanad, Uttamashlokanamayat. Sankirtati, Agang Pungso, Dohed, Edom, Yatanala. It says that. This chanting is so powerful because he was explaining to the Yamadutas. They wanted to know why they couldn't take a Jamil. So he was explaining. He said, just as a fire can consume any amount of fuel that you put into it, just one time chanting this Hare Krishna mantra, with knowledge or without knowledge, Agyanad Attavagyanad, Uttama Shloka Namaya, the name of Uttama Shloka, Krishna, is so powerful. You chant with knowledge or without knowledge, all gone. Thank you, Raymond. The problem is, We've chant, we become clear, and then we muddy the self again. It's called kunjara sochara. It's like the elephant goes into the lake or river and makes everything clean, nice, sprays, built-in spray, shower head, <laughs> sprays everything, comes out on the land, and then puts dirt again all over the body. Now we know it's for insect protection and it acts as a sunscreen, but the dirt is dirt anyway. <laughs> it's just covered. So we should not dirty our consciousness again. It means you should stop, just like with um, 
the uh, in Chaitanya Lila, <coughs> as Jagai Madai, they were extremely sinful. Although Brahminically trained, born in Brahminical caste and Brahminically trained, they fell down so low that they were doing every sinful thing. What did Lord Chaitanya say? He didn't reject them. Sometimes, you know, we are maybe a little intolerant of new people. They still have some bad habits. Give them some time. But Lord Chaitanya said, from this day on, don't engage in anything sinful. Chant the Hare Krishna mantra, serve the devotees, and everything is forgiven. But you have to take that seriously. See, that's the problem. Quite often we don't take it seriously. We make promises in front of the deities, in front of the fire, in front of Guru, in front of the other devotees, and then we break the promise. That's not good. So those of you who are initiated, no matter what has happened in the past, like Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, forget the past, it sleeps forever. Starting now, take that vow. Not going to break these principles. And those who are not yet initiated, take it seriously. When you make those promises, keep those vows. And then your path is clear. The path back to home, back to God, it is completely clear, smooth, no problems. Of course, we're still in the material world, there'll be ups and downs, but we're not touched by it. That's the beauty of this Srimad Bhagavatam. That's stated. Bhakti Yoga Madhokshate. Lokasya Janata Vidvam Chakra Satta Sanghitam. The material miseries of the living entity are superfluous. We're not actually being touched. But because we're contaminated, we think, oh, I'm hurt. Oh, I'm, I lost everything. Ah, you never had anything. How can you lose what you never had? <laughs> See, this is the ignorance. We come into this world with nothing, we leave with nothing. But in the interim, I collect a few eye devices and I collect maybe a car or two and I'm thinking that I have so much. <laughs> it's illusion. We have nothing. One who has nothing cannot lose anything. Mm -hmm. Prophet gave the example of Bank of America because Bank of America is very prominent. Now it's not so prominent. But anyway, he said it's just like a foolish person. He goes into the bank and he declares quite loudly, I renounce all this money. <laughs> And the foolish prayer, you never owned it. It's not your money. How can you renounce it? So similarly, everything we think we own, right down to the clothes we wear, right down to this body that we think is us, it doesn't belong to us. It belongs to Krishna. And if we, Krishna consciousness means being very much aware of that. That's why Krishna says, if you learn the truth by approaching an advanced devotee, spiritual master, one of the things that you learn is that Every living being is in me, and indeed they are mine. So we're meant to treat each other as Krishna's property. Just as if somebody gave you something valuable, you actually take care of it better than your own stuff, isn't it, generally? I remember when I was a young man, I went with another friend to visit, uh, a friend of a friend even, wasn't even my friend, but this guy was very well-to-do, but kind of detached. So we called him and said, we're coming to visit we were living in New York City and he was upstate New York. So about a couple of hours drive. So we're coming to visit. He said, I won't be here, but I'll leave the doors open. I'll leave the keys to my Ferrari. <laughs> Literally, you guys have fun. So we did, we went there. Now, if we foolishly thought, hey, this guy's not here, why didn't he just take over the place? It's our place, everything belongs to us. And the car, I remember driving that car. No, you can't do that. So everything here belongs to Krishna. It's Krishna's property. And if we just have that focus, it's Krishna's property. This person belongs to Krishna. Everything animate and inanimate is controlled and owned by the Lord. This is the Ishavasya principle, beginning of Ishapanishad. Just that one verse, if we can live our lives in that way. 
Everything animate and inanimate is controlled and owned by the Lord. Therefore, one should accept only those things necessary for oneself. Only what's necessary for yourself and not other things, knowing full well to whom they belong. Okay, I think we have time for maybe one or two more. Yes? All right, Krishna Prabhu, thank you for a nice class. <clears throat> you mentioned about offering um, food to Krishna, and you mentioned in the verse that Krishna says if you just offer uh, water or fruit or even flour, Krishna will accept it. Mm -hmm. But Krishna also says that we have to offer that with devotion, mm -hmm. and only with devotion who will accept it. So sometimes, for example, on traveling Sankirtan or if we're on the rush, we do a very quick offering. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of devotion when we actually offer it. So does Krishna still accept that? Yes, because you're doing that offering under the guidance and advice of Krishna's pure devotee. All of our service, not just a rush offering on Sankirtan. What qualifications, and speaking for myself, what qualifications do I have to do any seva? But because it's being offered through Krishna's pure devotee, Srila Prabhupada, and it goes up the chain of parampara, then Krishna accepts it. Yes, if we stick to the process, the day will come when we will again be on the platform of pure devotion. But until we get to that point, there's some contamination. And still, Krishna will accept because we're doing it for the pleasure and under the guidance of his pure devotee, Srila Prabhupada. So all of us should feel like that, whether we were directly initiated by Prophet like myself or we're initiated by one of Prophet's disciples. Everything we're doing is for Prophet's pleasure. And if we have that mentality, then Krishna accepts. But if we start thinking independently, then we run into trouble. We have so many examples. You may have come in contact with some of devotees, Prophet disciples who left ISKCON because they didn't want to work under the authority of the GBC, which is set up by Srila Prophet. Prophet said the problem with the Gaudiamath is that they didn't do that. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta ordered that they form a GBC. He didn't want any one person to be nominated the leader after he left. He wanted a GBC and they didn't do that. Therefore, Prophet said they became asar, useless. So Prophet personally set up his GBC. It doesn't mean that if somebody's on the GBC that they're rubber stamped as a pure devotee. No. But Prabhupada wanted a governing body. He didn't want just one person. So many of my God brothers, or some of them anyway, couldn't deal with that. So they left and formed their own groups. So now those who follow them, instead of having a GBC of 35, 40 individuals, now you have to follow one person. <laughs> you have to do what that one person tells you to do. His way or the highway. <laughs> so what would you rather have? A governing body, if you don't get what you want from your local GBC, maybe you can go to another GBC and say what's happening. Or you want to have one person designated as Acharya of this movement or this particular branch, and you have no recourse. You have no recourse. Some of them, they claim that you can be initiated by Prophet. This is a Ritvik movement. Prophet is gone, but you can be initiated. But that's bogus. Initiation means the spiritual master examines the prospective disciple and the prospective disciple examines the spiritual master. Both things have to be there. So if the spiritual master is not physically present, how can he examine you? That means he can't reject anybody. He has to accept everybody who claims I'm now your disciple. That is bogus. That's impersonal. <coughs> Guru disciple is a personal connection. And it goes back through the chain. It's just like when I became attracted to this kind of, I thought, well, you know, Prophet's spiritual master, Bhaktisattva, is so brilliant, such a brilliant scholar, Shrutidhar, everything you heard once, you remember from Let me be initiated by him. Just get a picture and 
Say it's, uh, no, you can't do that. It's a personal connection, so don't let anybody fool you. That, oh, there's no qualified persons in this gun, only proper disqualified, so you take the direct, you can't. Uh, or why stop with Bhakti Siddhanta? I could say, everybody glorifies Rupa Goswami. Let me become, a, and we're supposed to be Rupa Nugas, so let me just claim that I'm a disciple of Rupa Goswami. You can't do that. It's a, you have to find a living guru, somebody who's, and that person has to be attached to a bona fide sampradaya. So unfortunately, I say this, many of you are from India, please don't be offended, but I see even in this con, a lot of devotees from India, they're attracted by some person, oh, they speak Bhagavatam so nice. They speak Bhagavatam so nice. Yeah, is he a devotee? Yes, of course he's a devotee. Who is his guru? Uh, <laughs> and even if he has, say he has a guru, who is his guru's guru? That sampradaya has to be connected. Krishna himself explains the importance at the beginning of the fourth chapter. Imam There has to be connection. So if somebody's a great speaker of Bhagavatam, but he doesn't have a guru, or his guru doesn't have a guru, don't listen. And it's not my recommendation. That's Sanatan Goswami. Avaishnava makod girnam putam harikatamartam shavanam naivakartabhyam sarapo chista yatapaya He says, just as milk touches by the lips of a serpent, it still looks like milk. It's white, it's pretty, it's attractive. But if there's a little poison in there, you drink it, you'll die. So similarly, these people who are famous for Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavad Sapta, okay. I'm not saying anything negative about any individual person, but find out for yourself in advance what is their connection. Which sampradaya are they connected to? Who is their guru? Who was their guru's guru? And if you can't establish that, don't hear from them. Because guaranteed, they're going to say things that will confuse you compared to what you've heard from Srila Prabhupada. So, spare yourself. Don't go down that road. Only listen to those who are connected to a bona fide sampradaya. I'm connected to Prabhupada, he's connected back to Siddhanta, to Gorakishore, that's Prabhupada, Bhakti Thakur, all the way back to Lord Chaitanya, all the way back to Krishna. That you have to establish. So there are only four bona fide sampradayas. You have to see, where is this person? Are they in one of those sampradayas? If they're not, don't listen to them. Okay, Granta Rajshima Bhagavatam Kijai, Srila Prabhupada Kijai, Gaur Bhakta Brinda Kijai.